Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. 2-4-24. Oh, it is 24. I'm like, 2-4 what? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's episode 24. So, this is the second time we're recording today. Yes, we are. We did a Patreon-only episode earlier. Yeah. So, my headphones sound fucked up again. Yeah, mine do, too. Um, I don't know. You want to fuck around with that? Yeah. All right. So, while he fucks around with that, we have a new Patreon. Her name is Cynthia R., and she is signed up for Sergeant. Uh, we mentioned her in the Patreon episode, but I got to let everybody know, you know? Sound better? So, a little bit, yeah. Does it sound better for you? Yeah. Sounds yeah. better. What about now? Yeah. Okay. So it's um, late as fuck, by the way. And uh, we're doing this by candlelight, essentially, because it's good for Mark's uh, mood. A little bit, yeah. You talking? Hello? Now I can't hear you at all. I don't know how we keep fucking around with this. Keep touching it. I didn't touch it. Well, when you move it. I grabbed it by the sides. Okay. See, you can tell it's late because he's fucking cranky. I am. Yeah. I am. But. I took a nap and. We slacked for like a week, so we're trying to get him out. You slacked. Uh, I'm sorry. No, not me. This is going to fucking explode. Hang on. What? So I didn't slack. I had a shit week at, like, work and in general. And it took me a long time to get the case done. Yeah, it did. But this one I got done in a day and a half. Good job. See? I'm yeah. sorry that I am late for everything because of who I am as a person. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I'm you sorry. suck. I know. I know. But I know that I do, and I accept it, and I just move on. You should, too. I am. So... You should be happy that I'm doing it this late. Well, I babe, took my meds. We got to do it for the people. We're doing it for the peeps. We are. Um, this one, by the way, guys, is um, it's bad. Yeah. So. Before we get into that, did you mention we got a new Patreon? I did. You were fucking around with our headphones. Oh, okay. I did. I did Cynthia. mention her. Um, she signed up for surgeons. Yes. And she brought up a good point when she messaged me. Hmm. That we're going to do for our 25th. Oh, yeah. So, for our 25th episode, which will be our next episode, we are going to... Jesus Christ, what are you doing? Nothing. Just keep talking. My God. You're aggressive with everything. Um, We are going to do an episode on how we met. It's relatively entertaining. It's not like it just... Here, keep going through your purse, because that's all I'm, I could hear. I was looking for a vape, but I don't think I have one Jesus in Christ. Your other one was ready to fucking explode. It was. If you hear a pop, that's what it is. I don't think there's one in there. Keep you going. almost fucking electrocuted yourself with your fucking vape. My God. No, it would have blown up. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. So, we are going to do an episode on how we met. met. Yeah. Which... I, it's an interesting... Yeah, it's not like uh, we met at a bar kind of story. No, we so. met on a call, but we'll yeah. we'll save it for that episode. Yep. And then she also brought up who we would play, or what? who would play us. Which I have no idea. I have an idea. 
I'm really curious as to who your idea is. Who would play us in a Lifetime movie? Can oh, we stop a, fucking with everything? It's a Lifetime movie? Like, yeah. specifically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And who Tony, or who would play Tony, and who would play Lugo, my partner Lugo? I love that they're included. Yeah, I do, too. I do. I thought that was pretty cool. I feel like we have to include, like, my two girls, but they can play themselves. Sure. So. But someone already played Tony. Yeah. I don't uh, know his name, but, but he's he was a fat a, British man with a lisp. A terrible actor. Looks nothing like Tony. Nothing. But I know exactly who would play Tony. Really? We're probably thinking about the same person. I have no idea. Oh, you're when I say it, you're gonna be like, oh I just keep picturing Tony from the last time I saw him, which was what, Friday? Yeah. Oh, that poor man looked like shit. <laughs> he looks so bad. He came in to prove that he his um, sinuses could whistle. Yeah. And I was like, go good. home. Please go home. Yeah. Don't get us sick. Right, because then I sneeze twice because, and I'm like, fucking Tony. Yeah, if I get a cold, I could probably die. Yeah, from all my detail. Health, yeah, from so. all my health issues. Which, uh. by the way, uh, Mark told me this morning he thinks he has COVID again. Yeah, I feel Which, it in my lungs. by the way, he does not have COVID again because he hasn't I, been around anybody with COVID. Yes, I have. Who? Leah. And Leah was around Caitlin. And Caitlin, someone on her team tested positive. They're supposed to be in quarantine. Or what do you? Quarantine. Quarantine. Yes, but you're, you're still at risk, but you're less at risk. All I know is I feel something in my lungs. Okay, so you have Tony's sinus infection and cold. That's what you have. I don't think you have COVID again. Okay. I'm wearing a mask yeah, at work. That's what you said last time, and I almost fucking died. Well, that's because I lied to you. I knew you had COVID, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, I didn't take you to the hospital because I was afraid they were going to intubate you, uh, and you would never come off of it. Was I, That's what I was afraid of, too. Yeah, that's why we just kind of stuck it out. Yeah. So, but you didn't die, so that's cool. Yay! Yay! So today is a request by my... One of my old sergeants. Yeah. Um, he is a listener. Thank you, Sarge. Uh, so you guys can blame him for this one because it's... Yeah, he... Yeah. What did he say? He learned about it in, in uh, one of his homicide classes. Oh, I bet. I'm sure. They talked about it. So um, I think I heard about it, but never really dug into it or anything. Oh, it's... It's vile. It, when he mentioned it, it, it sounded somewhat familiar. It's so. vile. Yeah. So, trigger warning now. Yeah. Um, this includes rape and torture and bestiality and yeah. probably everything. everything else you could think of. Um, sadomasochism, like S&M, whatever, to each his own. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But this is not. S&M. No. This is crossing a line. This is beyond. S&M. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, I'm going to try. So and... again, thanks, Sarge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to try and talk a little fast because Mark's already giving me a fucking look. No, I'm not. I'm just, oh, okay. I, I'm tired. It's late at night. I took my meds and okay. so I should be asleep by now. So if you don't hear commentary and you just hear grunts, it's him. I did not kill him. He's just medicated. Yeah. He's, or, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore it. He's fine. Yeah. The COVID didn't get him yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so today uh, we're doing the Toy Box Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, toy Box sounds fun. This guy is not fun. 
he's frightening. Mm-hmm. So we'll just jump right in. You yeah, ready? go for it. All right. So David Parker Ray was born on November 6th of 1939 in Bellin, New Mexico to parents Cecil and Nettie. Hmm. He has a younger sister named Peggy. Cecil was a violent, moody fucker, and after 16 years of marriage, him and Nettie divorced. I mean, she stuck around for 16 years, but yeah. uh, he ended up taking custody of both of his kids for some reason and then just dumped him off to his parents. Oh, nice. So uh, David and Peggy were raised by their grandmother and their disciplinar- disciplinarian grandfather. Uh, Cecil was a raging fucking alcoholic and would visit the kids periodically, I read in one source, and then another source I read he only went twice. Hmm. Um, Nettie would visit every once in a while, but there was literally nothing about that. So, uh, However, when Cecil would visit, he would bring David uh, sadomasochistic pornography hmm. when he was 13. Jesus. Yeah. Well, they think 13. Hmm. Um, it could have been only earlier so after this david developed a fascination with sadomasochism and torture uh peggy found peggy found david's stash when he was like 14 and it included all the shit his dad brought him and then fucking drawings that he had done really so she's like well you're a sick fuck she confronted him uh he laughed and said it was his new hobby yeah So she, at this point, because she doesn't fucking know any better. Right. She didn't think it was a problem, so she never said anything. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, Years later, his fiance would tell the FBI that uh, David told her it was around this age, so 14, that he committed his first murder, saying he tied a woman to a tree, then tortured and murdered her. And he makes reference to this later on. Really? Yeah. Um, so a criminal profile, or excuse me, criminal profilers say people like David Ray, who are naturally drawn to bondage and domination, exhibit murderous signs from a very young age, which he did, clearly. Um, they also say, I wrote this all down, but I'll, I'll cut it a little short. Um, yeah. They say that kids with sexually sadistic fantasies, um, it helps control their fears, what? Yes, and that they it's they use that as an outlet for their hostility and aggression. Who did that study? This is a, a psychologist who uh, studies serial killers. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's it's very interesting. I'll let you read it later, but it's it's a lot. Um, he does say that most serial killers um, share an unstable childhood without a father figure. And that virtually all serial killers reported childhood punishment and discipline as unfair, hostile, abusive, and very inconsistent. Uh, They never bond with their family, they have a hard time making friends, and they do not sustain lasting relationships. Wow. So David Ray was bullied relentlessly for being unusually shy around girls. He just, he he could not talk to them Mm. unless he knew he was going to torture them. Wow. So... Um, Yeah. During the summer of 1957, David's grandmother died suddenly. Uh, David was taken out of school mid-semester without graduating and was moved to Albuquerque to live with his mother, which, fuck, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. His sister, however, stayed there uh, where she was. She stayed with a local family in Mountaineer and graduated from high school there. Um, David graduated from Valley High School in Albuquerque and immediately left home and started working as a handyman mechanic. 
the guy was a fucking mechanical genius. No. It comes out. So uh, he married his first wife in April of 1959. And a lot of the names of these women have been redacted or yeah. changed. So oh, the wow. names that are in here, I got from either articles or books. Mm-hmm. And I can't guarantee that it's their real names. Okay. Um, so just so everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, a few months after being married, he was <clears throat> sent overseas after joining the army, leaving his new and pregnant wife. In 1960, David Elvin was born, and in 1961, David was granted emergency leave to come home and file for divorce. His wife uh, did not give a fucking shit. She was like, thank God I'm out of this. And David retained custody of the baby, who at that point was in the care of the State Department of Public Welfare. Hmm. So nobody knows why. Mom just gave him up. He married his second wife in the winter of 1962, Three months later, he filed for divorce. Again, getting an emergency leave to come home and do so. However, the divorce was not finalized for two years. In 1963, he was discharged from the Army. He got a job as a driver for Springer Corps with his stepfather. And he then lived with his mother, his stepfather, and his son, David, who had stayed with his mom when he was overseas. In early 1966, he met Glenda Burdeen, who became his third wife after a whirlwind courtship. See, obviously no lasting relationships. He's not good at this. No. Uh, May 2nd of 1967, Glenda gave birth to Glenda Jean, who they called Jessie. David worshipped her. No. Loved her. Um, when she was just a few months old, though, however, David abandoned his family to become a hippie. Um, One day in the fall, David decided to go back home to his wife and children after being a hippie. So he was a hippie for a while. Uh, I don't know what sentence I left off at. We just had to pause it because we had to get my phone and we don't want her listening to this. So um, he just kind of went about as a hippie doing odd jobs, shit like that, but then decided to go back home. Um, While outwardly he had a new air of respectability as a husband and a father, He was secretly indulging in sadomasochistic activities with prostitutes. I think people call them sex workers now. You're not supposed to call them prostitutes anymore. Oh, really? So I'm going to say prostitute. Sorry. Um, And women he met in bars. In April of 1969, Ray passed his aircraft mechanic certificate and moved the family to Tulsa. Hmm. he had been accepted for a well-paying teaching job at the prestigious Spartan School of Aeronautics. At a wait, what? He he got a job at the prestigious yeah Spartan School for what welding? You said no mechanics. Oh, he was an airline. He got his airline mechanic certificate. Oh, so then he started working at this school where he was teaching other mechanics how to work on air, airplanes. Because again, he was a mechanical fucking genius. Right. Um, David's fascination with bondage dramatically increased through his 30s until it eventually dominated his life. He could live a normal life for months, and then he'd become obsessed with violent, deviant sex, and that would last for a month. Jeez. Um, At this point, his sexual fantasies started to take over his life. His masturbation fantasies began to involve murder. Say that again. I'm not going to... No, because I can't... I stutter over it. I know. You should have just um, said jerking off. I know. Wanking. You know. Um, it came... It finally got to the point where he was unable to ejaculate if he wasn't imagining killing women. 
Well, that's creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is all like from his mouth. He's admitting this, obviously. Oh, Jesus. Um, so the uh, serial killer psychologist guy who I didn't read all the stuff from says that, quote, the murder as a whole is an integral part of the serial killer's sexual fantasy. Mm. So in the mid-1970s, David moved his family to Victoria, Texas, where he ran a gas station and was a volunteer fireman. Like, big jump. From yeah. airplane mechanic to, yeah. you know. Uh, in August 1977, he returned his family to Albuquerque, where he started working for the Atchison, I believe, Topeka and Santa Fe Railroad, repairing the railroad tracks. Oh, wow. He spent the next five years traveling all over the Midwest. Because of this, David and Glenda ended up divorcing in 1981, and he would only see his now teenage daughter on the rare occasion he visited New Mexico. Stop making so much noise. I know. Dang it. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, By January 1983, David had reinvented himself again. He took his mother's maiden name of Parker, moved to Phoenix, and became a lead mechanic for Canal Motors. Damn. He actually helped Canal Motors uh, become, like, this multi-million dollar company. Really? Like, he helped build them from the ground up. Damn. Uh, he then married his fourth wife. Hmm. Let's just keep trying. Yeah. Um, he I thought, mean, after, like, is there a number where you just say, okay, it's not working? Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. Like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. I suck at this. <laughs> Maybe I should stop. No, that didn't happen. So the thought, he thought, sorry, Phoenix was the perfect place to secretly headquarter his increasingly sinister activities in the S&M world, which I will say again, he goes above and beyond S&M world. So yeah. uh, over the next couple of years, David crisscrossed New Mexico and Arizona and frequented Mexico. Him and his wife jointly took a lease out for a property um, on the state-owned it was a state-owned property, excuse me, at 513 Black Road, which was registered as Black K, lot number eight. It was near Reservoir Lake at Elephant Butte. It's Elephant Butt, but it's not a butte. Um, but how do you not say Elephant Butt? Right. So his wife opened a post office box there. That's what she did. They also bought a place in Stone Lake, New Mexico. So he was now traveling between Phoenix, Stone Lake and Elephant Butte. Stone Lake and Elephant Butte were used mostly on the weekends to take women for sexual bondage sessions. Mm. Uh, Later, his daughter, Jessie, told the FBI that David would kidnap and torture girls and then send them into slavery in Mexico. Jesus. So that was in February of 86. She went to the FBI and and said, like, this is what he's doing. He's torturing them and then he's selling them into fucking slavery. They were like, cool story, bro, and did nothing. Wow. They investigated a little bit, um, but didn't find really anything. So they dropped the investigation. So um, soon after leasing the lot in Elephant Butte, he he moved into a double-wide trailer and began hand-designing and making specialized bondage equipment and selling it through the post box that his wife ran. Um, Jesse, who would also go by Sissy, Linda, and Brenda, which I don't fucking know, had anything but a conventional childhood. 
Um, on the rare occasion he did come home, he made no effort to hide his sadomasochist behavior and the women that helped him satisfy it. Mm. So he was kind of out in the open with it. Yeah. With her, at least. Um, she knew what was going on, and she thought it was normal. She didn't know any better. Um, they do think, though, that, uh, you know, and the investigators and everything think that the direct exposure to this deviant lifestyle at such an impressionable age led to sexual confusion. Um, she then came out as a, quote, defiant lesbian in her late teens. I don't know what a defiant lesbian is. Yeah. But. Okay. She's a defiant one. Is that like an independent woman? I don't know. You like girls. I don't care. Like, are you mean? Are you a mean lesbian? Is that what that means? Maybe. I don't know. But it's defiant. Mm. Yeah. Sounds mean. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So by the time she was 19, she was super conflicted about her father's behavior. On one occasion, she did witness him buying a prostitute for a bondage session. Hmm. And when he became too violent, the terrified woman ran naked from the home. Oh, Jesus. Which happens often. Uh. Yeah. Um, so with the FBI, she's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why aren't they doing anything? So they did question David for over a year. Because, uh, yeah. Well, Clearly I've, that went nowhere. I have my feelings about the feds yeah 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 they did nothing yeah which usually that's their yeah their thing and spoiler alert uh later on like they go after the fbi jesse goes after the fbi good she's like i I came to you fucking 20 years ago and you did absolutely fucking nothing they have all the money in the world they spend all the time that they want on cases and yeah I've brought them so much shit before, Mm -hmm. and it fucking went nowhere. Well, so they questioned him, you know, for the year, for an entire year, saying that he was unusually cooperative and he was delighted to discuss his deviant lifestyle while trying to rationalize it. He also went as far as saying that he considered himself to be, quote, potentially dangerous. Hmm. So, uh, officer, (laughs) I'm a danger to other people. (laughs) What right. you going to do about it? And they, eh, I'll just, eh, whatever. Meh. So he did tell them that he'd been interested in bondage since 13. And from 28 years old to the present, he had been extremely active and interested in bondage activity. Yeah, 13, I was playing with Legos this and This is what figures. I'm fucking saying. Like, d- dude's got S&M magazine. Like, yeah. extreme S&M magazines and bondage pictures. I might have seen a boob. You, I think, you, like, Pamela Anderson's yeah. boob, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, like, a huge deal. It was, oh, my God, it was the end of the world right. with my mom. But that was it. Isn't that, like, when you start getting hard-ons at 13? Or is it younger? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't know what to do with your first, like, raging boner. Right. Yeah. Not yeah. torture and murder a woman. <laughs> so. Yeah. But doesn't come across my mind clearly he was a little mature for his age just a bit yeah um he told them like he said earlier that he'd be normal for months and then suddenly he'd slip into his sexual addiction addiction and it would dominate for weeks uh amazingly the fbi dropped the investigation saying Hmm. quote the allegations were non-specific oh yeah my dad tortures girls and sells them in mexico 
How much more specific do you need to be? Uh, A thorough investigation was accomplished based upon information known at the time. When the logical investigation was completed and leads were covered, the case was closed. Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Whoops. And this was the explanation, by the way, that they gave 20 years later after he was (laughs) caught. Um. So, shortly after the FBI dropped its investigation, David's uh, behavior escalated. Mm -hmm. He is now using his mechanical expertise to construct the ultimate torture chamber. Uh, Viewing himself as a sexual scientist. There's a lot of good phrases in here, by the way. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's kind of sexy. So he's a sexual scientist. Uh, highly skilled in the art of pain. <laughs> Making sure everything would be done to clinical perfection. I'm laughing, by the way, because I'm unbelievably unfucking comfortable with what I'm about to read. <laughs> so just an FYI. Um, he started compiling detailed instructions on the best psychological methods to break a person down both physically and mentally jesus everything was to be carefully documented filmed and cataloged which he did um he also took a souvenir from every victim which usually serial killers do and i read something interesting from an fbi profiler at the end of this but yeah um over the next few years he would film hundreds of extreme S&M bondage films and selling sold them to fellow enthusiasts. Really? Uh, it also included snuff films. So, do you know what a snuff film is? A smuff or... Snuff. No. You don't what? know what a snuff film is? No. It's, um, it's like a pornographic movie, but they actually kill somebody. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. You really didn't know that? No. How the fuck did you know that? I, I don't know. I've heard it before. What the fuck are you into? Not snuff films. <laughs> Jesus. So. Huh, okay. Um, David then purchased a 22-foot-long cargo trailer that he named his Toy Box. Jeez. That's why he's called the Toy Box Killer. Ah. Um, Trigger warning mm-hmm. again. And again, this is why I'm uncomfortable. Um, He said it was his work in progress as he honed his skills in bondage and torture. He hand-painted a welcome sign that read Satan's Den. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lovely. David saw the toy box as a museum to keep his growing collection of devices, equipment, literature, as well as personal writings and drawings. So is this guy like Saw? Like the dude from Saw? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Because Yeah. I've only seen one of those movies. I think Saw 5 or something. Oh, God. There was one Saw where the girl had to jump in. Oh, they had to jump into a tub of fucking syringes and needles. Yeah. Makes you cringe. Yeah. But like crazy shit like that. Oh, babe. This isn't even crazy. Mm. This isn't even. We haven't even gotten to fucking crazy. Mm. No. Um, So he. I lost my place. Oh, sorry. So he would sketch out a sexual fantasy, then execute it in real life. Wow. He also managed to recruit various females to train as his assistants. And now these are not broads who are being tortured. These are broads who are helping him. What the fuck? Yes. How do you, like, go... How do you find someone like that? How, like... 
How do you bring that up in conversation? <laughs> Over coffee. <laughs> so, do you like to be tied up? Right. <laughs> do you like spiked dildos? <laughs> like, how do you bring that up? Because, right. like, okay, S&M is one thing. Yeah. Cool. You like ball gags? But no, this is not, no. Yeah. Let me suspend you in mid-air mid and cut your nipples off if you fucking squirm. <laughs> oh, my God, my nipples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he, the first thing he did was he soundproofed this toy box from top to bottom, put in an air conditioner and a portable toilet. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least he thought of that. Yeah. He didn't want want his his captives. He didn't call them victims. He called them captives. Yeah. Um, He didn't want them to suffocate. Hmm. So he put in the air conditioner. Such a nice guy. That was nice. Yeah. Um, So the toy box was equipped with an elaborate pulley system. Numerous gurneys, weights, pliers, which creeps me out, clamps, whips, scalpels, chains, and padlocks. Jesus. Uh, on the walls were photographs and drawings of women being tortured and a naked toy diorama depicting bondage activities. What the fuck? Yes. So um, there was also medical cabinets containing syringes, chemicals, different sized dildos. Is there a better word to use than dildo? Because that word bothers me. I don't think there is. Dongs? Uh, that one's worse, yes. <laughs> um, and electrical cattle prods. Now, these dildos that he had... Uh, Say it again. Many of which were spiked at the top and the bottom. That's got to hurt. Yes. So, spiked like... Okay, so think of, everybody think of a dildo. Mm-hmm. Now think of nails. I'm thinking of one. <laughs> now think of fucking nails coming out of it, all yeah. around the base and all around the tip. That's That's got to hurt. Uh, so not only were they spiked, they were elephant-sized. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So his favorite piece that he had, though, was a remote-controlled gynecological chair that slid back and forth on a six-foot track which proved helpful when he suspended his captives in midair. I wasn't kidding. He did do that. Um, it had electrodes uh, to the si- on the side and on the head so he could give electrical shocks. It also had a TV monitor hanging in front of it so the women... Uh, could watch TV? They were forced to watch their own torture. Oh, my God. Yes. So... There was also a seven-foot-long coffin across one side, uh, complete with restraint hooks and ventilation holes. His equipment was neatly labeled, quote, vaginal stretcher, ankle spreader, and knee spreader. Hmm. Uh, David developed an MO and rarely strayed from it. He uh, was careful to abduct only prostitutes, junkies, or transients, people who were unlikely to be reported missing. A lot of the times with the junkies, he did it because he said uh, he was like rehab for them. Really? He would take them to his house to detox them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Other times he would pretend to be a police officer. Yeah. Uh, He would take women right up the street at knife point. Or he would spike their drinks at the Blue Water Saloon in the town of Truth and Consequences, which Mm. I find it ironic that this is where all this shit happened. Yeah. Uh, elephant butt and truth and consequences. So, um, the women were always blindfolded and taken either first to the trailer or the toy box, depending on what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, once there, and this is where it kind of gets saw esque. So when that's what made me stop for a minute. Uh, David played an audio tape, and it was him 
basically giving them an orientation to prepare them for what was about to happen. Mm. There were multiple versions of this audio tape, but one of them started with, quote, hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable? <laughs> I doubt it. He then explained that she, quote, would be trained and used as a sex slave and raped repeatedly and thoroughly, both vaginally and anally. It's something strange and new for the uninitiated, but my lady friend and I have been doing this for some time. I've been raping bitches ever since I was old enough to jerk off and tie little girl's hands behind her back. Jeez. Referencing, obviously, the first person he murdered. Um, he then said that when he got tired of them, he would they would be drugged with sodium pentothal and phenobarbital, which it would essentially erase their memories. Yeah. Where the fuck are you getting these drugs? Like, these are like... Where would you? These are like surgical grade, like injectable injectable phenobarbital. Phenobarbital is is most commonly used for seizures. Yeah. But the combination of the two, like these women would be tortured for days on end and not have a fucking clue what happened. They would wake up somewhere bloody and confused. Wow. So, I mean, somebody's given them. I don't know how, but um, the tape continued to say, quote, you won't remember a fucking thing about this adventure and you won't won't remember this place, us, or what happened to you. There won't be any DNA evidence because you'll be bathed and both holes between your legs will be flushed out. Jesus. I told you. Told you. I I blame him. Yeah. Um... He, uh, in early 1994, his fourth marriage broke up. He quit marrying after this. <laughs> yeah. For, four was four, that. He, that was his magic number. Yeah. You know. This ain't um, working. So he reverted back to his original name of David P. Ray. Um, and he then went through a series of jobs before landing a job with the New Mexico State uh, Parks and Recreation Division. Oh, jeez. So he works for the state. Well, that's nice. Yeah, great. Um, he was, by all accounts, a great fucking employee. People loved him. Like, he earned awards at jobs. I mean, it's weird because usually the serial killers are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually they are good workers. Man, that's that's creepy. And he was he was an all around like, from what people said, he was never any trouble, and he was just like an all around nice helpful guy so was john wayne gacy right (laughs) right so um jesse now moved closer to her father um eventually he started depending on her for emotional support but then jesse started recruiting victims for him Mm -hmm. so i mean she is a defiant lesbian yes i still don't fucking understand that angry yeah um so Jesse and a man named Dennis Roy Yancey met and became close friends. And I'll just give you the quick tidbit on him. He ends up murdering his ex-girlfriend mm. and is convicted later. I didn't go into much detail about him because you would fucking kill me. So um, it wasn't long before Roy was initiated into uh, David's sadomastic- sadomasticist party. But first, he was a willing participant, hmm. uh, allowing himself to be tied down and raped with a broom handle at a party. Dear Lord. Um, before long, he was actively participating in the torture and murders. 
And David was now recently finding himself frustrated because he could not keep an erection when he had a sex life. Hmm. So um, he had one female that he he couldn't keep an erection. So he attempted to stick multiple size dildos in her and none of them fit. And he got fucking pissed off at her. Okay. None of them fit. Well, they're fucking elephant sized. Like, what do you think is going to fit? Right. I mean, you're walking around with a little limpy. Like, (laughs) what do you think is going to happen? Right. Uh, So in 1997, he discovered Viagra. Ooh. Yes. Now, his co-worker said that all of a sudden, overnight, he was a much friendlier man. Yeah, (laughs) you don't say. And that he would say he had been up all night having sex like a young stud. Mm. Um, Ew. It was an overnight transformation that gave him a newfound confidence, personality, and appearance. And I only put this in here for you. What? Uh, He started wearing turquoise jewelry and cowboy hats. Turquoise jewelry. And was suddenly very full of himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I put that in was for Turquoise jewelry. Yeah. So... Impractical jokers. Oh my god, when they had to sell the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant. No. That's what I thought you were talking about with the turquoise fucking jewelry. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fancy. When they had the hamster thing. Yeah. When they were locked in the room that was oh. like 150 degrees. With fucking myrrh on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's the best show ever. So, um, so at, at this point, uh, Jess and Roy, they left town because Roy killed his ex-fucking girlfriend, so yeah. he took off. So now they, they felt confident enough to come back to Truth and Consequences um, as the search for his ex, Marie Parker, just kind of stopped because she was a sex worker and a drug addict, and the police yeah. were like, fuck you, we're not looking for her, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> They returned to the bar scene and met Cindy Hendy. The three began an odd three-way relationship, which I like to call a thruple. Thruple? Thruple. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an awesome word? Yeah, that is. Yeah, now if you think about it, though. So, I'll tell you when we're not recording. Okay. Um, so, eventually, um, Roy, her friend, the dude that killed his ex, began a homosexual relationship with his roommate, David. Um, once that started, Cindy decided, all right, well, then I'm just going to stay with Jesse. So she stayed with Jesse, but then started dating David. Yeah. The father. Yeah. So she's dating a father-daughter duo. Wow. That's the thruple. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thruple. <laughs> just saying. Um, very weird. David uh, was also... <laughs> In a romantic relationship with his neighbor. Uh, Cindy and the neighbor were both willing participants in the toy box fun. Yeah. Uh, Cindy eventually moved in and, like, they fought over him. Her and the neighbor were were fighting. They they were fighting over him. And he's not an attractive man. No. 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 Turquoise jewelry jewelry and all. Like, he's not. (laughs) He's not an attractive man. But I feel like he's your typical, like, I don't know. I can't say it without being a dick. So I no, won't. Just say um, I, I don't know. Like, you're, you're older fucking 
cowboy guy who retired in Arizona. And I don't want to say it because that's where we're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I already bought my fucking cowboy hat. <laughs> and we're planning on fucking moving out there. So thank you for describing me. <laughs> wow. I love you too. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I didn't want to say it. God. <laughs> can feel the love. I'm going to buy you one of those fucking street tags with a jewelry. With fucking turquoise jewelry on it? I'll fucking wear it. Fuck you. I'll, I'll wear that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will you wear it with another shirt? Uh, Just yeah. Just your turquoise rings and your string tie. Oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me? And my cowboy hat. Oh, my God. God, yeah. That's going to be every fucking day. Oh, my God. My stomach hurts. Oh, okay. So, um, Cindy moved in with David and did a 180. She quit drinking. She quit doing drugs and became a dutiful housewife, which I would like to point out that I was today. I did my wife yeah, fucking duties. Yeah, you did. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then you took a nap when I took a nap. I, babe, I tried not to. I know. I tried. Like, I was trying to write, and I was, like, falling asleep and dropping the pen. No, I saw you looking at me. And... Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck you. You're telling me <laughs> I can't take a nap today, and then you're fucking taking a nap. But I was so proud of you. You actually vacuumed. You cleaned up the I fucking dining room. I made the dining room a recording room. Yeah. I did 19 loads of fucking laundry. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. It was probably oh, I know. 19. Yeah. I could believe it. Uh, I scrubbed the fucking kitchen. I know. It looks so nice. Mm-hmm. Brought my fall shit out, too. Not mm-hmm. going to lie. Looks great. I love fall flowers. Hey, but I played with Jackson for a good hour outside when it was fucking hot as you balls. You did. And what the fuck was I doing? Oh, I was cleaning the bathroom. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I was mm-hmm. spraying them with the hose. Yeah. And Leah was sitting here painting her nails <laughs> while I'm, like, <laughs> scrubbing the fucking floor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, I should have started drinking then. So, uh, so she started now cooking and like cleaning and she was just everything he wanted she would do. Uh, he was training her on how to help him kidnap women. Jeez. Uh, she loved the toy box and he was teaching her specialized methods of torture. He had a list of instructions on the wall named Psychological and Physical Procedures, Initial Handling of the Captive Personal Fetish. Unreal. Uh, Cindy and David's first captive that they took together was Angelica Montano. Uh, They got her back to the trailer with the ruse of cake mix for a friend. They were going to pick a cake for a friend. Everybody was at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Four days later... Uh, David dropped her off at a bus stop. She flagged down a car and ended up telling this guy that picked her up the whole story. She's disheveled. She's bloody. She remembers some stuff, doesn't remember everything. So the guy whose car she got into Mm -hmm. was an undercover narcotics officer uh, with the Sierra County County Sheriff's Department. Oh, no kidding. Um, He thought she was full of shit because he told her, like, you have to make a police report. And she's like, I'm not going back to that fucking town. He's like, okay, so do it in another town. And she's like, no. And she got out of the car. Like, she just wouldn't do it. Um, So he said that, uh, quote, if I had felt she was 100% legitimate, I would have taken her to the police right then and there. Mm. Sir, you are the police. Yeah. You couldn't go back to the station and be like, guys 
guess what I fucking heard. Right. <laughs> like, you guys are gossipers. You couldn't have done that. <laughs> right. For real. Um, so within weeks of her abduction, um, Cindy's sobriety was no longer a thing. She was drinking and drugging with a vengeance. However, she became Chatty Cathy while intoxicated. Um, on March 13th of 1999, she was at a friend's house, Jean and John Brano. They were neighbors. Um, and Jean actually was, she felt that Cindy and John had had an affair, so she wasn't like a huge fan of Cindy. Yeah. Uh, but Cindy's sitting at the kitchen table drinking white wine out of the bottle, telling them that David Ray was a serial killer who had killed hundreds of women. Wow. Six or seven of them they had killed together, and the bodies were filled with rocks and dumped in the lake. He would cut open their chest and abdominal cavities and fill it with rocks and sew it back up. No shit. That's fucking genius. That is. I'm I'm sorry. That is fucking genius. That is. Because I'll tell you, out of all of the murders they say he committed, not a single body was found. Really? Nope. Not a single one. Wow. Now, he was convicted of a few, but not, not a single body was found. How many was he... Well, are you going to get to that? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, she said that there were hundreds, and she boasted that he'd been doing it for over 20 years and oh had never been caught. Gene um, then said, but I guess his biggest mistake was Cindy. She was his weakest link, and mm. she did prove to be his weakest, weakest link later. Um, on March 15th, Cindy and David became engaged. They did not marry. I think he learned. Yeah. Um, on March 20th, they drove to Albuquerque to pick up a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went straight to a parking lot at Washington and Central Avenue, which was frequented by prostitutes. David told Terry the pimp. <laughs> Terry. Uh, he needed a girl for a blowjob. A few minutes later, 22-year-old Synthony Jeremillo, and I don't know if that's her name. Yeah. So Because it was, she had two different last names and sources. Okay. So um, she went into the RV. She walked in through the back, and as soon as she walked in, David pretended to be a cop, uh, arresting her for solicitation. Mm-hmm. Cindy then started kicking her and pulling her hair until they got her handcuffed and shackled. Cynthia said that the lady was drinking and said all they were going to do was, quote, rape me and let me go. Uh, while stopped at a gas station for cigarettes and wine, they forced Cynthia to strip. Quote, they put a black leather mask over my head with a zipper over the mouth. Hang on, I got to flip my paper. There were no holes for the eyes or nose. When they arrived back at David's home, Jeremillo was moved to the trailer and starfish strapped to a bed. Mm. This is this is descriptive, this one. Yeah. Uh, David's audio tape started to play. He referred to her as, quote, a pretty piece of meat. Cindy held a gun on Jeremillo while dildos were inserted anally and vaginally at the same time by David. Electrodes were attached to her nipples and genitalia, and she was shocked for a half an hour. Jesus. Next, David put a bar between her knees and then handcuffed her hands to her ankles so she was sitting up. He then... um, inserted gravy into her using her fingers and brought his dog in to lick it off. Oh, my God. Which was common for him. He had a uh, cage. I think I skipped an entire page, by the way. He had a cage uh, specially designed in the toy box to put his dogs in so they could rape the victims. What? He would also invite friends over 
to do the same. Dude. Yeah. Um, they then allowed her to sleep. She said she slept through the night. They, in the morning, they came in and suspended her three feet off of, you know, in the air over the gynae chair and told her if she squirmed, they would cut off her nipples and her clitoris, which they had done to other women if they squirmed. Uh, he repeatedly whipped her and inserted dildos with, quote, pokey things, which is the nails, sticking out of the sides anally and vaginally at the same time and took Polaroid pictures from different angles. It comes, you come to find out he took hundreds of pictures. Really? Um, she was then clamped on her nipples and her vagina and hooked to a weighted pulley system, and he would shock her with a stun gun. Now, every time he shocked her, she would move involuntarily. Yeah. Which would make the weight pulley, like, pull. And it would, it almost ripped her nipples off. Oh, my God. Um, Monday morning, David left for work, and Cindy threw the keys for Jeremillo's padlocks on the coffee table and sat down to watch her soaps. Around 3 p.m., Cindy went to another room to watch uh, more TV. I don't know why she had to go watch on a different TV. Uh, Jeremillo saw this as her opportunity. She pulled the coffee table towards her with her feet and grabbed the keys. Mm. She unlocked herself and attempted to call 911. As the dispatcher answered, Cindy walked in and caught her. Cindy hit her in the head with a lamp. However, Jeremillo was able to grab an ice pick, which I don't know why the fuck there was an ice pick just laying around, yeah. uh, and fucking beat Cindy senseless with it. Now, I, I read it in one, one source, only one source, that they, Jerry Miller was in the hospital being examined mm -hmm. and that Cindy had also come into the hospital because she had been stabbed with a fucking ice pick. Yeah. And Jerry Miller was like, there she is. No That's kidding. the one who fucking did it. So. Wow. Uh, she was able then to grab the keys. She took off the padlocks, ran out the front door, and she said she just ran and ran and ran. Cars drove past her and did not stop. Yeah. Um, she finally found a house and just ran right to it. The owner took her right in, put her in a robe, and called 911. Yeah. Now, police were already on their way out there because they had followed protocol, yeah. the 911 dispatchers, and tried to do the callback because they considered it a hang-up. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. obviously, they didn't find her. Right. So, a few minutes later, David came home. Uh, he grabbed Cindy and was like, well, we got to go fucking find her. What they found was a police roadblock. So, they immediately surrendered. They were arrested and initially charged with kidnapping, assault, conspiracy, and criminal sexual penetration. I didn't wow. know that was an actual charge. No. I guess so. Um, well, they're in, what, New Mexico? Yeah. So, yeah, out there. Um, after their arrest, the investigation began. A converted boat hanger standing over the Parks and Recreation Training Center in Elephant Butte State Park became the command center for more than 100 state investigators and FBI. Wow. Why did they show up? Yeah. <laughs> hey, sorry we fucked up. No, I, I would have fucking kicked them out. Yeah, no. Fuck you guys. Um. So the toy box was opened and entered, and all the investigators could say was, quote, holy shit. I believe it. Yeah. Um, so an investigator would later say, quote, I could feel an evil presence in there. It was like something floating in the air, and I didn't want to be there. I had seen enough. 
Hanging on the wall by the coffin was a detailed map of Elephant Butte Lake with a dozen X's in various locations. Mm. Hmm. Uh, The agent interviewing Cindy said she was, quote, clear-headed and very manipulating, trying to control the interview. I felt she was a tad psychopathic as she didn't have a conscience and would almost blame the victim calling her a prostitute. Right. She claimed that they had arranged to bring uh, Jeremillo back to the house in Elephant Butte to help her kick her heroin addiction in exchange for participating in some bondage and discipline sessions. Mm. Uh, they knew she was full of shit. Yeah. She soon began contradicting herself and was stubbornly proclaiming her innocence. David, on the other hand, didn't give a fuck in his interview. He appeared more reasonable and was very straightforward. He admitted to whipping and torturing Jeremillo, but said it was consensual and part of his cold turkey program to beat heroin. Wow. He then said, quote, Well, I am talking too much. Probably should get a lawyer, because uh, I think I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Sir. Uh, David was formally charged with kidnapping, three counts of criminal sexual penetration, assault with intent to commit a violent felony and two charges of conspiracy to commit kidnapping and criminal sexual penetration. Cindy was charged with kidnapping, accessory to the crime of criminal sexual penetration, assault with intent to commit a violent felony, criminal sexual penetration, and conspiracy to kidnap. Now, this is just for Jeremillo. Yeah. There's hundreds of other women. Yeah. Um... So they faced up to 93 years in prison and up to 800 or excuse me, $85,000 in fines. Bail for both of them was set at a million dollars. And as soon as the bail was sent, uh, Cindy freaked the fuck out. Sent? It was set? set. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Did I say sent? Sent, yeah. Oh, set. 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 Sorry. Good job. Uh, I'm saying a lot of big words. You are. If I can't say the small ones, I'm sorry. I'm impressed. Um, So she freaked out. No. Found uh, the original investigator who was in court for their uh, bond hearing Mm -hmm. and said that she had new information. Um, She said that she was originally scared because she said people were going to come and hurt her if she told anyone. Bitch, you about to be in jail. Yeah. Who's coming to hurt you? Yeah. Fuck you. So, she said that her and David murdered at least 14 people together. Jeez. Two of which, uh, whose pictures were found in the toy box. So, mm. they found hundreds upon hundreds of pictures in the toy box. Oh, my and God. And 99% of the women were never identified. Really? So, they don't know if they're alive. They don't know if they're dead. They don't know. They weren't but identified. But they, they searched that lake, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if they searched the they searched his property and dug on his property, but because you were saying there were X's, X's on the map, yeah, but I don't know if they ever. I didn't find anything to say that they searched the lake. Wow. So, mm. I mean, you figure at that time though, you, you drop a body down twenty years ago. Yeah, there ain't nothing left of that. True. Yeah. So, um, God damn it! You keep making me lose my place. <laughs> uh, okay. You're welcome. So uh, she claimed that David had killed over 60 women and his dumping grounds covered three different states. Jeez. Uh, FBI profilers were brought in. And I put this on, I put the sentence in here again for you because I do think of you. Uh, FBI profilers were brought in and said David was most likely a serial sexual sadist. 
No. You're kidding me. Babe. You're fucking kidding me. Seriously. Dude, and they get paid how much for (laughs) fucking that? They were flown out to Elephant Butt just to say that he was... Just fucking stop. That he was possibly a sexual sadist. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Now, when you get a chance, you're going to have to look at pictures of the toy box. There's quite a few crime scene photos. Not of the women themselves being tortured, but of the actual toy box. Um, And you think... He's a sexual sadist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Think? Cool. Um, now, what's interesting was they said that people like this will keep mementos and bury them by trees or bushes. Hmm. And that they would water the trees or bushes, and that was them caring for the memento that they really? had kept. Now, neighbors would often see David planting and replanting trees on his property. Mm. So they used that in the search warrant. So they were digging around trees and they were finding shit around the trees. Just like... Jewelry. Really? Hair. No shit. Yep. Wow, that's interesting. So they were spot on with that, but... um, so after seeing the news reports, Angelica Mantano uh, went to the police and said she was a victim. Yeah. She told them what she could remember. You know, they ended up charging Cindy and David with more charges of mm-hmm. kidnapping and criminal sexual penetration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Angelica died at the age of 25 from pneumonia. Oh, jeez. Um, she became a heavy drug addict after this happened to her and uh-huh. just went downhill from there. Well, I can't blame her. I mean, mm. fucking yeah. beyond traumatized. So I really feel like I skipped an entire page. but You probably did. I, I probably did. Um, the police then released a video of a victim in an effort. Yes, I did skip a whole page. Okay. Uh, so the police released a video of a victim in an effort to identify her. Yeah. Uh, this woman was identified by her ex-mother-in-law as Kelly Garnett. Now, this was the first woman that Jesse had taken as a captive for her father. Okay. She got into a fight with her husband. She um, she went into a bar. She was drinking with them all night. Jesse spiked her drink, brought her back to her father. Yeah. Uh, David then tortured and raped her for three days and brought her to work with him. What? Because he worked at Parks and Recreation. He's oh, outside. Oh, yeah. He said that he found her wandering around. And gave her a cup of coffee and then drove her home. Drove what her home. Fuck? Her husband had her shit packed because her husband thought that she fucking left him. Yeah. And she was crying and bloody and sandy and had no recollection of what fucking happened. And David, you know, shook hands with her husband and he was like, thanks for bringing her home. And David's like, hey, no problem. Unreal. Yeah. So after Kelly came forward, Jesse was now arrested. Mm-hmm. On April 26th, and she was charged with 12 counts of kidnapping, criminal sexual penetration, and conspiracy to kidnap. They also added these charges on to David, specifically for Kelly Garnett. Yeah. Uh, the toy box trailer, or yeah, the toy box trailer was taken to the FBI Santa Fe branch. A young agent by the name of Patty Rust started making detailed drawings and diagrams of every piece of equipment that was in the trailer. Mm. Uh, she was a former U.S. Army captain, an experienced agent, and had an advanced degree in criminology. Mm-hmm. A week after she completed her assignment, she walked out of the toy box and shot herself in the head with her service weapon. What? Yep. 
So wow. now her co-workers were like, clearly this fucking did her in. Yeah. The FBI was like, nah, she just shot herself. Oh, Whatever. Them. Yeah. So, but one of her co-workers was like, listen, spending four fucking days in there, like, yeah. I almost shot myself in the head too. So, yeah. Man, that's terrible. Um, so Cynthia now receives a plea deal. She agreed to plead guilty to two first-degree felonies of kidnapping and two second-degree felonies of criminal penetration and conspiracy to kidnap. Now, most of these charges were for Angelica Montano and um, Cynthia Jaramillo. Yeah. Um, in exchange for her testimony and continued cooperation, the state would... in induce a sentence of 12 to 54 years and no further charges would be filed however if she withdrew this the state could come after her further yeah um she tried to withdraw her guilty plea saying that she now wanted to plead not guilty and that she was still in love with david and he was still her fiance her attorney tried to argue that um she was coursed into it because she had now gotten a new attorney. Yeah. Tried to convince her that she, the judge that she was coursed into pleading guilty and that she had dissociative personality disorder and she was, quote, I'm sorry, Kate, I know you hate this word, mildly retarded. The judge was like, fuck you. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. So she was sentenced to 26 years for Angela Montano and 36 years for Cynthia Jaramillo. The sentences would run concurrently, which means she would really only end up serving 26 years. And I believe she was released in 2020. Jeez. So she did get out. Um, wow. I'm, I'm going to have to look that. I should have looked that up. I was rushing. Uh, David would inevitably uh, be told that he was supposed to have three separate trials. Yeah. There was a the um, the Roy guy who killed his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. He, David, was also implicated in his murder. Oh, really? So that was the, uh, that was one of the charges that he got because now Roy's already in fucking prison. He's been convicted of murder and he said that this guy did it. There was also a, um, uh, a case in Colorado from 1996 and that was the first trial that he would have. Yeah. Um, the first trial, it ended in a mistrial due to a hung jury. What? Yep. Dude. With some of the women on the jury saying, well, some girls like it rough. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, some do, but but, that's... They have now, at this point, there's videos of these girls being tortured. Yeah. And there's videos of this specific girl named Kelly being tortured. Dude, that's And some of the jurors, including the women, were like, well, some chicks just like it rough. God, our fucking criminal justice system is so fucked up. So they ended up postponing the other two trials because the state was like, fuck you, we're retrying him on this. Like, we're getting him on this. So they did do the retrial, and this time he was found guilty. Good. Thank God. Uh, Prior to the other two trials going, he agreed to a plea deal to avoid going to trial. He would plead guilty to first and second degree kidnapping, criminal sexual penetration, and second degree conspiracy to kidnap. Now, they did not go after murder charges for him because, again, there's no bodies. Yeah. Not a single body. That's insane. It's crazy. 
Um, he, however, would still have to appear before a federal judge to plead on two counts of violating the White Slavery Act because he was indeed selling girls into slavery yeah. in Mexico, yeah. like his fucking daughter said in 1986. Oh, my God. Yeah. In September 17th, uh, or September 17th, excuse me, Jesse entered a plea deal. She was given nine years but had already served two so the judge suspended six years and she was released right there on time served. Oh my God. Yeah. She then immediately oh, went to fuck. her dad's side for his sentencing hearing. Yeah. Uh, he was sentenced to 223 years in jail. Thank the fucking Lord. At the earliest, he would be eligible for parole in the year 2100. Is oh. that how you would say it now? Yeah, I think I don't, so. I guess I've never thought about it. Why even put parole in there? You know. Uh, right. Well, that's why I wrote it in there. However, uh, within 12 months of being put into prison, he died of a heart attack. Good. He was. Karma. He had just been transported um, to a separate correctional facility to be questioned in more of the murders. Right. But he died. Good. Yeah. As he should. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, I wish it was a more painful death. Yeah, especially with what he fucking did to them. Yeah, oh, I'm that's looking what I'm at, saying. I'm like, I think I missed a page, and then I'm reading Aaron Hernandez, and I'm like, no, that's, no, nope. <laughs> different guy. You're all discombobulated. I am so fucking discombobulated. I really feel like I missed a page. I thought I, I don't know, maybe I didn't. Uh, so that's the absolutely disgusting story of the toy box killer. So I'm I'm curious now if, like, whoever made saw if like that's where they got it from i don't know you should look it up because now there's the tapes the like actual transcripts of the i think there's four different versions on the tape you can read the whole thing oh really oh yeah it's fucking oh it's got to be nasty i mean these girls are already fucking strapped down yeah and now they have to listen to this fucking five foot five wiener telling them what he's gonna do to them yeah you know that's insane yeah man yeah i don't know and he did this over 20 fucking over 20 years yeah dude how the fuck and i after after his child his own child yep. went to the FBI and was like he's torturing people and and like shipping them to Mexico for money shame on them which but he like legitimately I said, was I, I have my feelings yeah, we, about them yeah which huh. you know um man that's that's insane I feel, I, I'm kind of pissed now I feel like I there's there was so much more I could have fucking wrote, but I was like, I know we need to record this tonight, and if I make this fucking two hours long, uh, I'll I'd, kill yeah, me. no, um, I'd be fucking sound asleep. No, like, oh my god, like hundreds of women, they found and hundreds no of fucking tapes, bodies. no bodies. Dude, he was. I mean, I'm not trying to be creepy, but, but he, he was, was good, good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, cutting open the chest cavity That's and the abdominal. Genius. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah, that is fucking genius. Because if you if you tie people down with weights, yep, they're they're eventually coming back up. Yep. But if you got two hundred pu- fucking inside pounds of rocks you. inside of them, yep, sewn inside of them with chicken wire. Yeah, that's that's genius. So, mm. and it's it's crazy, and uh, so 
the fact that he got these drugs is Yeah, I'm curious insane. where the fuck he... Because he knew, not only did he get these drugs, but he knew that this combination would erase their memory. And it, it, it did. Right. The women that did come forward had very vague recollections of what Man. happened to them. Yeah. Um, I went down a Reddit rabbit hole. Yeah. Which are, they're fucking amazing. Yeah. And this guy went on like a three-page tangent about how this guy was how David Parker Ray was somehow connected to Epstein. Oh, really? How else did he get these medications? How else do you kill 60 fucking women and not a single body is found? Like these were his. Yeah, it was it was very slightly far fetched, I think, to think that a fucking hillbilly would be connected to Epstein. But. Epstein was a filthy fucking man and David Parker Ray was he was a fucking mechanical genius look at all the shit that he built for himself so what if he's building it's far-fetched but at the same time it's not like what if he's building these torture chambers for Epstein and he's getting these medications yeah you know because out of the 60 plus women that he killed he tortured hundreds of women right that he didn't kill Right. And none of them have a fucking clue. There was one other person who, uh, one other woman who, uh, her video was also played on the news, Mm -hmm. and she recognized her tattoo. Oh, my God. She had no fucking idea that anything had happened to her. She was watching the news and saw this swan tattoo that she had and was like, wait a minute. Well, there goes your mic. (laughs) Uh, She was just watching the news and recognized her fucking tattoo. Damn. Has no recollection of ever meeting him, ever being in the toy box. Nothing. That's insane. Can you imagine that? Watching the no. news. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. That's me. What the <laughs> fuck? Because I guess it was a very unique, like, ornate tattoo. Yeah. She had no. Dude, that's insane. She had no recollection. Wow, this was a really good one. I'm yeah. glad that we did it. Good job, Sarge. There's so much more, this. guys. It's a rabbit hole. But, it, like, if you get a chance, go on Reddit. If you just Google, you know, yeah. Google the fuck out of his name. And the first Reddit option that you can get, mm-hmm. that's where that rabbit hole is. And it's, you're, like, you're reading it and you're like, no. But then you're reading about this guy and you're like, well, fuck. It kind of makes sense. Like, this could actually yeah. have happened. You know, because they never found out where he got the medications. Right. They were going to question him, obviously, after he was in jail. But he, right. he, he fucking died dying. less than a year later. Yeah. So, and Cindy didn't know. He, shit just kind of appeared, That's, you know. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, not a single fucking body. Mm. And the only way that they know that he or they are alleging that he murdered women is because people talked. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm hmm. So, hmm. well, that was a good one, babe. But he's he he's possibly a sexual sadist. Yeah, just yeah. So you know. Good job, agent. agents. Yeah. Oh my god. Look at the pictures, though. I know um, they're disturbing, but yeah, well, to see them after hearing about them, and, and like you're looking at them and you're like, because you can picture like the women, yeah, tied up in these things, and it's it's awful. Man. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. But Cindy was his weakest link. Yep. Fucking Broad ruined it for him. Yep. Telling you. They usually do. Bitches are crazy. Yes, they are. So, 
So mm. that is the, uh, that's the toy box killer, ladies awesome. and gentlemen. Good job, babe. Yes. Um, so our 25th will be on how we met mm-hmm. and who would play us in Lifetime movies. Yeah. Um, we will try to do that sometime this week. We'll put a case out, too, because there's going to be people listening that are like, uh, yeah. I fucking know how you guys met, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah um, true. So, Tony being one of them, I'm yeah, sure. Right. So, but I would like his input on who he would like to play him. I, I, I'm i going to say my my choice. I, I know exactly who would play him. Who would him. play Lugo? I, I know exactly who would play him, too. And when I tell you it, you're going to be like, oh. I guarantee it. I picture like when I'm thinking about who's gonna play Lugo, like don't I, don't don't say anything. No, I'm yet. not. I, I picture the cartoon memes that he sends all the time. Oh yeah. <sighs> Maybe he'll wear a Mount Me hat. He's been wearing movie. it on on the call out. He has not. Yes, he has. Come on. Yep, he has. He's been showing me on uh, Snapchat. So. Okay, what I'm going to say is going to sound incredibly racist, and I don't mean it to, but... Um, so, for the call-outs, and where the area he's at, and the melee that goes on, mm-hmm. um, the, the police pull up, and a Mexican man in a cowboy hat gets out? <laughs> yeah. What? How awesome is that? <laughs> Do you think the bystanders are, like, screaming, and then they're like, guy? what is that? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, it's awesome. He, he looks have, good in it. Does he have cowboy boots? <gasps> I think he does. Can we get him cowboy boots? I think he has some. Oh, babe. I think he's got some. Okay, so for the next call out, please call me. <laughs> I'm coming there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I just... I I'm, He looks good in He in does. That. I'm not saying he yeah. doesn't, but I'm saying like when you're getting out in the area that you're getting out in in the situation that you're getting out into because like there was just a homicide in right burnham right and at the same time there was another one over in his town so we had to leave one and go to the other so and the one that he told you about very well known obviously it spread like wildfire i can't imagine him pulling up to that scene and getting out of the fucking car in a cowboy hat yep like they know him. Do you think they were like Lugo? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. my god, I'm amazed by this. It's a big fucking cowboy hat. Too. I know. I know it is. Oh, I wish I had mine back then. I, I would have fucking wore it out there. I wouldn't have given a shit. You would have. And I, nobody I would have not expected it. Out I know. Of you. I know. You're already a giant fucking white man walking around. It's not like you didn't mm-hmm. stand up, you know, stand right. out enough. Like in my cousin Vinny. Oh yeah, you fucking blends. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? So we are on Instagram at ddup underscore podcast. Um, on Facebook as JM Cash and Death Do Us Part. We are also on uh, Twitter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> At Death Do Us Part. So our website is ddupodcast.com. Um, and pretty soon we are going to have the merch up there because we are actually in the process of getting it yes, made. Yes, we are. So. Poop shoot 
t-shirts are a coming. There's actually going to be a poop shoot t-shirt. Yes, there is. And so Mark was designing the poop shoot t-shirt. And it's fucking amazing. And I was at work trying to do orientation. And I'm looking at like five new employees. And Tony's sitting behind them. And I'm getting the same messages that Tony is getting. (laughs) Except Tony is giggling like a child in the background. And they're all kind of like, what the fuck? So finally I was like, okay. We're in a group text, a group chat with my husband. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'm like, they're designing poop shoot shirts. Please do not ask. You will find out later. So. <clears throat> That's awesome. What are you looking at? I don't know. Something Jackie sent me. Yeah. She sent, sent it to me too. Oh, okay. Um, and then Gmail. one at gmail.com. Yep. And Patreon. Patreon. If you want access to all our episodes, there are three different tiers. The cheapest one being five bucks. Each one comes with special perks. Mm -hmm. But no matter which tier you're on, you get access to all our bonus episodes. Bonus episodes. And they're pretty soon there's it's gonna be pretty equal with, you know. A Patreon episode and then a, yeah. a free one. So we did our third Patreon episode today. Yeah, we did Shanda Sharer. So if yeah. you want to hear that case, you got to become a Patreon. Yeah, in the next episode, uh, the next Patreon episode is going to be Casey Anthony. Yes. So yes, which which is a request, and it's uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Jamie's opinion on it is very different. It's very unpopular. (laughs) And people are going to fucking stone me (laughs) after the next episode. Like, originally, from the get-go, when we started this podcast, I'm like, we're not... These are the ones we're not doing. And Scott Peterson was one. Mm -hmm. We ended up doing that. But then I I was very adamant. I said, I will not do Casey Anthony. Mm -hmm. Now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. Yep. So, so sign up, sign up, people. It's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting. Yep. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting us again. Uh, follow, subscribe, please write reviews. Yes. We are in need of reviews. Yes, yes. On whichever platform you listen to, on Facebook, please. And we love the suggestions. Yeah, we um, do. I, I try. Some of them, there's just not enough. Yeah. I, I try, and there's just not enough to even make a mini episode out of. But um, Mark and I do have a list compiled, and we're we going do. off that. So um, Mark is being pissy, and he's picking the next couple episodes. I am. Because so, he's, yeah. It's got to be about him. Oh, God. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if your vape blew up outside. I don't know, babe. I swear. All I see like, is you fucking like grabbing it and oh you my fucking God. run and throw it outside. Did you ever see the video of the vape that exploded in that guy's fucking pocket? No. So, well, it was sitting right here and I was like, why the fuck is the light still on? Because the light only goes on when like you yeah. suck, suck on it. I shouldn't mm. say that. Take a hit off of it. Mm, suck um, it. And it was still blue. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I picked it up because I was going to use it. it and I was like, motherfucker, you burned my finger. Maybe it's a sign from God. Stop vaping. No, maybe it's a sign from God. Stop that, vaping, Jamie. No, maybe it's a sign from God that pomegranate is just not the flavor for me. <laughs> yeah, I right. should stick to kiwi. 
Oh my god, that's disgusting. That's what I'm going with. Jamie, so. stop the fucking vaping. Oh god, I will stop the vaping when you stop the apple dip. Mm. It's oh, babe, it's awful. Want to kiss? Later? No, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> the smell. Like it makes my stomach turn. Does it really? Yes, I fucking hate it. Hmm. That's why even the guy at the gas station, when I'm like, can I have apple? He's like, oh, God. I'm like, I know. It's awful. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Well, this was a good episode. Thank you, Sarge, for suggesting it. And I hope you guys all liked it. And Yeah, the next one we're doing is a suggestion, too. Yep. So. Uh, it involves cheerleaders. Yes. Which I figured of, would be perfect timing because Leah's homecoming game is coming up and she's mm-hmm, a cheerleader. Yep. So. So, which is another request. Yep. Out of New York. New York's pretty fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> people yeah. think it's Florida and we keep getting all these requests out of New York. Yep. But it was a request by Judy. So, yep. thank you, Judy. And, and uh, she said it's gory. Yeah, she did. Which I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited about. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we will be talking to you guys very soon. Thank you again for listening. You got anything to say? Uh, Or just staring off in the space? Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, I got to make a phone call. Yeah, my Mr. Misty freeze. Right. Which is amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I'm thinking of, like, the 700 things I still have to do before I go to bed. All right. Well, let's cut it then, so... You can get all that done. Yes. All right. Thank you guys again. We will be talking to you very soon. Bye. Bye.